Hey everyone. All right, let's start with shout outs. So first shout out goes to Self G who left a rate, five stars baby, and review on our Podchaser page. If you're not familiar with Podchaser, I encourage you to check it out. I'm a frequent user. Great way to interact with fellow pod listeners. So Self G said, if you love Chicago, which is a great city, this is a podcast for you. I love going to Chicago as a kid. It's really a fantastic city on a huge lake. Thank you so much, Seth. Absolutely appreciate it. Okay, pop quiz. What is the name of the lake that Chicago lies by? Okay, anyway. (laughs) That's right. Lake Michigan, one of the five Great Lakes of North America. It is the second largest of the Great Lakes by volume as well. Awesome. Next. A huge shout out to Cat Fay, who left us a five-star rating, thank you so much, on Podchaser as well, and a review. Cat said, curiosity about your surroundings can lead to so much entertainment, and Dion lets that happen naturally through, through this podcast. Now, Cat gets a double-star shout out because she also slid in our DMs and dropped some additional comments and feedback. So Cat said, I was kind of a little shocked by how quickly you strolled through St. Rita. You remember that from a previous episode? She goes, the Archdiocese has such a presence in the city of Chicago in regards to the schools. Might be worth looking at for an end-of-the-month episode. Cat, you are absolutely right. I actually kind of breeze past St. Rita because I personally have very little interaction and knowledge of the Chicago Archdiocese and their schools, but definitely a huge part of Chicago, both today and historically. I will add that to the list of topics to talk about in the future for sure. Thank you so much for that. Now, Kat went on to say, also, don't hate me. I've never had a rainbow cone because I can't do nuts. I was so jealous as a child when everyone else was enjoying them. I love that episode. So many memories. I'm so looking forward to more. Thank you so much, Kat. I love that episode too, because full disclosure, it's so much fun to talk about ice cream. I am a fiend. Anyway, (laughs) I still have not had another cone since that episode, but now it's hot in my brain. I may have to figure out how to get some rainbow cone pre-pack. I wonder if they are doing curbside pickup. Is that allowed during uh, the lockdown advisory? Can original rainbow cone be considered essential? Now there's a question to debate for sure. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe I should wait until, until things get better. I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Stop yelling at me. Stop yelling at me. Okay, we'll figure it out. Finally, Kat said, so I love using Google Earth with the pod. Reminds me how close Chicago neighborhoods really are. I spent so much time growing up in West Lawn, never really realizing how damn close we were to Chicago Lawn. Like walking to the corner store, you didn't really realize you were switching neighborhoods. Yes, Kat makes a perfect point. So often you can traverse neighborhoods and never really notice it. However, sometimes that can have detrimental effects. For example... Chicago has a long and often complicated gang history. In today's Chicago, gangs or smaller cliques can often have arbitrary geographic boundaries, right? So walking two or three blocks over could put you in the neighborhood or territory of a gang that may not like your hood and that can cause problems. 
So this actual scenario was a big issue in the city back in 2015 when Chicago Public Schools changed bus stop locations for students without input from parents or the community. Many parents argued that the changes forced their children across opposing gang lines. Without getting too deep into gang culture, I have never directly been gang involved, but often the hood you live in puts a gang affiliation on youth today, uh, whether they are actively involved or not. And crossing into an opposing gang's territory just is not good. I will put a link to that to an article about that in the episode notes. So never thought you'd tune in today and get a crash course in Chicago gangs, did you? (laughs) Well, if that topic interests you, I encourage you to check out the book, The Almighty Black Peacestone Nation by journalist Natalie Moore, uh, who works for WBEZ, the NPR affiliate here in Chicago, and academic Lance Williams. I own it and it's excellent. I will put a bookshop link in the episode notes as well. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Don't fucking buy books on Amazon. That's weak as fuck. Okay, so. Here we are, (laughs) that was a lot, right? At the intersection of West 63rd Street and Southwestern Avenue, sandwiched between Inglewood and Chicago Lawn, as you'll recall from last episode. If you're just joining us, uh, or if you're just joining this series for the first time, I highly recommend going back to episode one of the series and catching up. However, if you're determined to join the field trip at this point, just make sure you have Google Earth or the map app of your choice handy. It'll make things so much more rich. So we are in the heat of our journey down Chicago's longest street, Western Avenue. In this next mile, there's one feature of this great city I want to point out to you, and that is the neighborhood of Gage Park. Now, Gage Park is actually at the end of this one mile segment. I mean, sure, we could talk vividly and in detail about the KFC at the corner of 59th Street, I'm a fan, or the Pepe's Mexican restaurant here on the 63rd block. And don't get me wrong, I love Pepe's sometimes, but let's keep our heads about us, okay? (laughs) Real talk, Chicago is a city of neighborhoods. I don't think you can say that enough. And while there are definitely some restaurants whose identities are tightly woven into the fabric of the city, those are not them. But don't worry, I got you. When we cross one of those businesses, like Original Rainbow Cone, like Harold's, uh, I will let you know. Also, if I miss something, be sure to let me know. As Kat mentioned before, I might breeze by something that definitely deserves a bit more insight. So let me know when that happens and I will do my best to rectify that in the future. Thank you again, Kat. So let's go ahead and jog or run or lackadaisically saunter, uh, if you're like me, to the intersection of 55th Street up ahead. Here, we are at Gage Park. Now, if you look at this area from the overhead view, notice how vividly the green of Gage Park sticks out. Just like, just pull back in your app. If you continue pulling back, you'll notice that this is the case across the city. The actually scant amount of greenery you see. And it, it like just jumps out. And if you continue scrolling out, you'll notice how suddenly Marquette Park stands out. On my screen, When I see Marquette Park, I actually can't even point out Gage Park anymore. That's how big Marquette Park is, which we discussed yesterday. Uh, 
on yesterday's episode. Now, Gage Park is one of Chicago's 77 community areas, which you should be an expert on what that means by now. And we are technically on the southwest side of the city. The park we are standing in is also named Gage Park. Uh, Gage Park's population is largely working class and its housing stock is mostly bungalows. Now, if you don't know what a bungalow house looks like, I encourage you to visit chicagobungalow.org.org, the website of the Chicago Bungalow Association. I didn't know that that existed until a couple days ago. <laughs> Chicago bungalows are definitely a deep-seated fragment of Chicago's identity. If you ever get the chance, post-COVID, you have to go to the Chicago Architecture Foundation uh, headquarters, like their center, and they have like models of the old styles of houses that were in Chicago, and Chicago bungalows are prominently featured in that. In fact, there are certain defining characteristics a house must have to be able to be a Chicago bungalow. So, <laughs> from the Chicago Bungalow Association website, associated with the philosophy of the arts and crafts movement in the United States, bungalow has become a generic term to describe a house or cottage. In Chicago, however, the term Chicago bungalow refers to a single family home with the following features. It was built between 1910 and 1930. It is one and one half stories, face brick with stone trim, low pitch roof with overhang, rectangular shape, narrow at the front and rear ends, longer on the sides, generous windows, often with leaded art glass, has a full basement and an offset front entrance or side entrance. Any house that meets all of these defining characteristics may be considered a Chicago bungalow. That is serious business, right? <laughs> Beyond that, uh, <laughs> for generations, the neighborhood was Eastern European and Irish Catholic. The neighborhood remains overwhelmingly Catholic with the addition of many Hispanic residents. As always, if you click the name of the neighborhood, your app should show you the boundaries of Gage Park. So a little bit of history about uh, the park in the area. The development of Gage Park began in 1873 when South Park Commissioner George W. Gage uh, began working on a planned park at the intersection of Western Avenue and Garfield Boulevard. Upon Gage's death in 1875, the park was renamed Gage Park in his honor. The area developed after Gage's passing, slowly adding more and more land and offering up more services to the local community. By 1919, Gage Park had added more land, and the park now included ball fields, tennis courts, separate men's and women's gymnasiums, gardens, and a wading pool. A large field house and auditorium were later added in 1928. You'll also notice, uh, aside from this park here, you'll notice the train yards to the east of Western Avenue. Uh, they span for a few miles. Also, notice in... <laughs> just this one mile the abundance of car dealerships if anyone knows why that is please contact me and share that knowledge it is mind-boggling to me all right that's it uh i have two glasses of wine in me and because it was a day and i'm ready to go zone out on the couch but as always it is a joy providing some insight into the greatest city in the midwest nay the united states nay the world <laughs> 
second to none. That brings, and so this all brings us to 55th Street and the end of this mile. Man, there is so much to this city. For real, I hope you're learning lots. My friend Jessica was a total Cameron when this whole thing started. Notice that Chicago reference. And she didn't think we'd have any fun. Shame on you, Jessica. I promised her that she would learn at least one new thing. So Jessica, please, I wanna hear if you've learned anything interesting so far. All right, thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, share it with at least one friend. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And please take a minute to rate and review either on your app of choice. And if your app doesn't allow rating and review, <coughs> fuck you, Spotify. <coughs> uh, go do both on podchaser.com <laughs> slash off the beaten podcast. I got something in my throat there. <coughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> Till tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for listening. It is always a pleasure and it's great to hear all the feedback and comments and to hear all of you enjoying uh, this journey down Western Avenue. We will be back tomorrow. Holla. Peace.